How's it going, everybody? Adrian here from the Gaming Observer, and welcome back to your daily news update for Wednesday, February the 3rd, 2021. I hope you're having an extraordinary day. Uh, folks, today we have two segments, because most of it is going to be dominated by EA. So let's jump in. Electronic Arts had a whole bunch of news today. Let's get the boring stuff out of the way. First of all, they reported on their quarter three financials, and they had their highest quarterly net bookings in company history, so they're doing very well. So for the three months ending December 31st, 2020, they had $2.4 billion in bookings, which is up 19% year over year. Now, most of that revenue actually comes from live services, things like FIFA Ultimate Team and free-to-play games like Apex Legends. In fact, by the end of March, they anticipate that 72% of their revenue is going to be coming from live services, with the remaining 28% coming just from straight-up game sales. That's not super common for companies like EA. Now, in terms of player numbers, they're doing better than ever. Various sports games, uh, Apex Legends, The Sims 4, all of them have hit records in terms of growth and active players. Of course, big thanks going to the pandemic in that case. They've also seen a massive uptick in players in EA Play, which is their subscription service. Of course, that's thanks to the integration with the Xbox Game Pass. Okay, now to some of the more specific announcements. Let's start with Apex Legends, which was one of their top performers over the last year or so. They announced that the game is going to be coming out on the Nintendo Switch on March 9th, so next month. And a big reason for that is because Japan is their number two market behind the United States, and obviously the Switch is big in Japan, so opening up that market even more. And then they also have a mobile version of the game planned for March of 2022 at the latest. So that's pretty cool, the game's heading to cell phones. So obviously they're investing pretty heavily in the game right now because it is financially outperforming their expectations, as they say. So that's pretty cool to see. Uh, next up, they are planning on revealing the next Battlefield game in the spring. And they claim that it is going to take, quote-unquote, full advantage of the next-generation consoles. Uh, not really any specific details when they say that, but they did mention that it's going to have a bigger player count than it has ever had before. So that's pretty cool. That's, that's good for Battlefield games. After that, we can look at EA Sports. So they have now signed a new partnership to bring college football back under their wing, which they haven't had since the late 90s, I think. So the first game is already under development with no current timeline for a release. And while they did get the rights to do it with the CLC, they can't actually use real student names and likenesses until some legalities are cleared up with the NCAA. So I think that's a TBD on whether or not they use real names. So really what EA got with the rights was the uh, university names and logos and things like that. Okay, and then the biggest story out of everything to come out today from EA, of course, the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. So this is the remastered trilogy, the Legendary Edition for Mass Effect, and they gave it a release date of May the 14th. It's going to have all of the technical goodies that the new consoles are able to afford, right? 4K support, 60 frames per second, etc., HDR. Uh, they said that the collection is going to include all three games, of course, and then all single-player DLC bundled in as well. And that's something that people are going to be really happy about, because actually getting the DLC for these games managed to be, like, really hard for some reason. So having that bundled in will be nice. Uh, the games are not going to include any multiplayer or any newly developed content, so it's all the old stuff. And then there's, like, a whole bunch more details. Like, if you're interested in the nitty-gritty, go to a site like Eurogamer. They go super in-depth about all the changes that are going to be coming. It looks like Mass Effect 1 in particular is going to be getting a huge overhaul. But anyway, just, if you don't care about that, just know that there's massive changes across the board for these games, graphically and mechanically. 
And then talking about BioWare as a whole, which is the company that makes Mass Effect, uh, EA has recognized that the company has had some issues with recent releases, right? Mass Effect Andromeda, Anthem, things like that. But they said that they're confident in their roadmap coming up and of course their future with some new leadership. So hopefully that's true. Okay, folks, actually, we are out of time, so I cannot go to the next segment, but it's no problem. It wasn't a major story anyway. Turns out EA had a lot more to talk about than I thought. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. It really does mean a lot to me. I hope you get value out of it. I've been doing this for a long time, so I hope by now it's helpful to you. And uh, hey, we're going to be back tomorrow, as always. So until next time, happy gaming, everyone. The TGO After Show. Hello and welcome. What a day of electronic arts. I am consistently amazed at how much money they make through very simple things like FIFA Ultimate Team. Really quite wild. Something they had mentioned is that, that, that I didn't bring up on the show, is that Star Wars, uh, them not having the exclusivity to Star Wars anymore, is not going to impede the amount of games that they come out that are Star Wars, because they're still working with LucasArts or Lucasfilm. And some people are joking that them saying that doesn't really mean that much because they didn't release that many Star Wars games anyway. But anyway, the more interesting thing, I think, is that they had actually said that they made $3 billion across all of the Star Wars games that they have released lifetime, which is like, man, you could build a whole company off of that $3 billion, you know? That really goes to show the, the value of something like Star Wars and how important it is to get it right, right? Because if you get it wrong... You're missing out on billions of dollars. Uh, what else do we talk about here? You know what? Let me... So, I've been, for the first time in a long time, been, like, really consistent with my gaming. I think I'm getting into a bit of a routine now because my classes this term are a lot more consistent, where instead of big projects that are worth 30%, you have to do, like, a little project that's worth 5% every week. And somehow all of my classes ended up working out that way. And so that means I'm able to settle into a, a little bit more of, like, a... Okay, wake up in the morning, work for four hours, take a little break, do homework, take another little break or do dinner if needed, do this show, and then the end of the day is like, you know, my resting time. That's kind of the pattern I've fallen into. Uh, and then on the weekends, it's like, you know, catching up on whatever I need to catch up on, grocery store, etc. So in that little break in between my working and my homework, or like, you know, it's like the, the early afternoon basically is where I take my first break. I've been playing some actual video games. I move away from my desk, I go into the bedroom, hop on the Xbox, and I've been playing two games primarily right now. I told you about them a, a while ago. Mirror's Edge Catalyst, which is the sequel to Mirror's Edge. It's like the free-running game, parkour game. And I'm actually enjoying it a lot more than I thought I would, because when the game first came out, it was like kind of mixed reviews. And there's things to complain about it, for sure, versus the first game. Like, they, want, they took this and they made it open world, which you would think would make sense for a free-running game, but in reality is just kind of annoying. Because the first Mirror's Edge game, the, the beauty of it was that you could try and learn the map and then, like, optimize how quickly you could get through the map. Whereas the open world is just kind of, well, it's open world. It's a lot bigger and, and there's not predefined areas. And they tried to remedy some of that with, like, user-created challenges and stuff like that, but I don't know, it's not the same. Anyway, so I, you know, I've just been beelining the main story of that game. I'm almost done, and I've been enjoying it a lot. And then the other game I'm playing still is actually Streets of Rage 4. Now, the first time that I played this, I was literally like, yeah, I'm not a big fan of beat-em-ups. I, I just wanted to install it to see what it was like, and then, you know, put it away. 
But in reality, it ended up being the perfect game for me because I'm trying to settle into this routine again of like playing different games in one sitting. So I'll spend like half an hour to an hour on one game and then move to another game. Or if I don't have time, then I'll just play that one game. But you know what I mean? Instead of having one game that I play all the time until it's done 60 hours later. And so Streets of Rage 4 ended up being this perfect game because it's segmented by stages, right? And so what I would do is just one stage of a, of a Streets of Rage 4, and then I would move on to Mirror's Edge. And I found that that's a nice little cadence. I don't get tired of either of the games. It gives me something fresh every now and then to play. And now I'm actually almost done Streets of Rage, which I was not expecting. It is not a game that I thought I would ever complete. So I'm quite happy about that. I'll have to look at some more arcadey, you know, beat 'em up style games that I can fit into my routine. Anyway, there you go. There's my there's my brief gaming update. That's going to be all for now. Back with the news tomorrow. And until then, farewell.